Welcome everybody to um, Homegrown Learning Podcasts and today I'm really grateful that um, I've got a guest with me. Um, we're not going to name um, our guest today uh, because uh, she'd rather not be identified just because of the kind of content that she might be covering during our session. So I'm really, really grateful to hear her story. We were chatting the other day and um, she was telling me about her experience in school and kind of how that led to her deciding to home educate her children. Um, so she's a mum of two and is a real newbie to home educating. So we're really grateful to um, have her here and welcome her into the home education um, community. So the reason that I feel like um, this story is really, really helpful to home educators is because I think particularly when you're at that stage of of the journey where you're um you're getting that gut feeling that things just don't feel quite right maybe your child's not happy or maybe it's actually that you're that the things that are happening in school are sort of rubbing up against you making you feel a bit prickly and um and I think it's really really great to hear some of these stories because it just it, it reinforces those feelings and helps uh, parents to think that it isn't just them that this is um, what is happening and also to give them the opportunity to potentially try something else um, so let's get going and um, let's start by asking you if you could just share with us how you came to um, making that decision that you wanted to home educate Oh, thank you so much for having me, Sarah. Um, it was a tricky one for us. I had never even remotely considered home education when it came to my daughter starting school. I knew it was a thing we had to do um, and just I had to suck it up and accept it. And she started school. I always thought home education was just for hippies. I thought it was... Um, I thought I would never be able to teach every subject under the sun. So it was just like, didn't even think of it. My little one started school. I started work at the same school as a teaching assistant at the same time. One was really, really happy at school, but it was the things that I saw in the school. And this is a good school with a good reputation and everyone always said lovely things about it. But the things I thought I saw within the school I just thought this is not what I want for my child. I don't want this for her learning. I don't this I don't want this for her education. I don't want this for her childhood. Mm -hmm. I just wanted more. And I also thought that I I, I recalled my own experience of school and recalled the, the constant, constant pressures of timetables and homework and essays and exams and peer pressures and peer pressures are so much worse now than they were when I was younger mm. and I just thought I don't want this for my child and I was in a very lucky position where through multiple circumstances um, including maternity leave, illness, my change of occupation when I started being a TA, I wasn't the main breadwinner mm -hmm. and I was lucky that that was the case and we could just about hopefully yeah. scrape by with me not working. Mm -hmm. And we've actually knocked through our spare downstairs spare room into our garage. So we now have an annex, which is being rented out, which means that's kind of right. 
supplementing our income. Mm. And it was a tough decision because my little one was happy. She's the kind of child who would, what educators would say is thrive at school. And in that sense of thriving mean do well in everything. Um, But I didn't want her to just do well in everything and be the child that was in the top set for everything or do well in her sets. I wanted her to thrive in the sense of loving life, becoming a great character with great values and really continue to be herself and do the things that she loves wow it just I, my arms have gone all goose pimply because it is true isn't it you kind of it's that you know everybody it's it's wanting more than just having a good child who's going to work hard and just and 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 please all the teachers and get all the grades and um and yeah and so your experience in school, um, you know, you had that unique perspective of being in the classroom. What 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 made you want to work in a school? What made you change your um, your job role and, and, and get a job in a school? Um, it was multifold, really. It was something that I'd wanted to do for a long time, but knew it would involve a pay cut. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. So we had to be in a position to be, to be able to do that. Um when my little one started school, I wanted to be there for her at weekends. I wanted to be able to drop her off and I wanted to pick her up. I didn't want her to be in wraparound. Yeah. I wanted to maximise our time with her. And so starting work in a school as, as a TA with no homework, you know, no prep, no, no marking would allow me to do that. Mm-hmm. And getting a job at the same school as her, again, meant there was no travel time. I didn't have mm-hmm. to drop her off early, pick her up early. Um or anything, sorry, pick her up late or anything like that. Um, I thought that being in the school would help her have a bit more um, of a face, a bit more of a voice in the school if she was known as that, you know, that teacher's daughter. Mm -hmm. I thought it would be great to be part of the community. If, you know, we were going to be in the school, if you include my my youngest as well, we'd be part of the school for 10 years. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be part of a community. Um, But most of all, I wanted to do a job where I helped people. I used to be a journalist. I was a sports journalist. I wasn't an investigative journalist. I didn't have the guts to go exposing, you know, wrongs or things like that. I wanted to do a job that... Um, really helped people and made a difference to people and helped children who struggled to learn. I wanted to help them learn, help children who didn't enjoy school. I wanted to help them enjoy school. Um, and so that's how I ended up where I, where I was. Wow. Wow. And, um, and so, so when you got your job in school, um, how did that, that sort of thought that you, all these things that you've just told us, how did that um, correlate to actually being in school and working in school for you? In terms of what I saw in the school that made me consider home education, there was multiple things, really. Mm. Um, I quickly realised that that for bright children, there would be no one-to-one help. Mm. Any things that they were finding difficult or missing or not quite getting, that would very rarely be picked up and supported because there is no time to do that Mm -hmm. um I also recognize that for bright children perhaps they weren't being challenged as much as they could be but I know again for teachers they don't have all the time in the world to provide a separate lesson for everybody um I was shocked by the lack of resources 
if it was the wrong time of year and they'd run out of glues, <laughs> um, for example, or whiteboard pens, they couldn't buy any more glues or whiteboard pens because it was the wrong time in the financial year. And children were like scraping the glue out of the end of the glue sticks mm. or sharing one glue between a class of 30. And I was like, this is crazy. We could just go and buy glues if we were at home. Yeah. Um, I was shocked by the amount of computer time they had and the computer time, which wasn't very well policed. And they had a lot of freedom to look at stuff that they shouldn't be looking at when they were supposed to be doing their work. Um, Behaviour, I was quite disappointed at. I kind of pictured my daughter in a classroom with these behavior issues and I just thought I would be letting her down if I sent her into an environment like this five days a week mm. uh, it's not it's not fair on her yeah um the work itself I found was quite stale and I know that they've got to get stuff done they've got to tick things off for, for Ofsted and things but there was yeah. a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of worksheets it was all indoors it was um there was so little outside the classroom, out, there was so little going on outside the school. And um, there were also the, the lessons they were learning, a lot of them I found was stuff that we just have conversations about at home. Yeah. You know, they were mm. learning about mm. different types of families in year three. And I was like, well, we've talked about this mm. before my little one started school. They were talking about how shadows were made. And I was like, this is in year six. And I'm like, well, mm. I think my three-year-old knows this and I was like well we we don't need to be sitting down and having a formal lesson to cover most of this stuff we can just learn it by existing in the world together yeah um that was really hard um there was um I felt like there was a lot of time put on exam prep so mm. pr preparing for preparing for um, stats, for example, mm. I was like, well, they they're sparing, spending several weeks learning how to pass ex an exam, and is this really helpful for a child? Is this really going to 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 better them as a child? Is it really going to help their education? Mm. Um, and I also was really shocked by how much what they did was dictated by doing what they needed to do to impress or keep Ofsted happy yeah rather than what would be best for the children and they'd, yeah. they you know they'd have to have a learning objective at the top of each lesson mm. and it just and you know if they hadn't put it in at the end of you know the half term they'd have to go back and make sure they stuck all the learning objectives in and I knew that it wasn't to help the children it was to it was so that when an Ofsted inspector came round they'd go through the books and say oh yes they've done that they've done that tick 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 mm. and you know teachers having to take a, a, a drama lesson is not enough to have a drama lesson they'd have yeah. to have photos of the drama lesson and that would have to be stuck in their books and I was like teachers are wasting their time doing this it's yeah. it's it, you know I know they have to do it it's not their fault but I just thought this time management is mm. yeah. is it's, it's not fair and it's not the best thing for the children and I was also finding that there was a, so much dead time in school that it was not efficient. Mm. And I thought, if we did this at home, we could get this done in maybe 10 minutes and then go and have some fun. Mm. Um, yeah. And then I just found that I really realised, I think the overall thing was how limited learning in schools is. It's limited by the size of the class, 
the ability of the children in the class, uh, the resources the school has, the space in the classroom, the space within the, you know, the perimeter fence of the school, the health and safety, the time in the day, the, you know, the length of the lessons before break time and things. It was just mm. limited to the structure of the school environment and the time in the school. And I was like, these obviously will have financial constraints at home, but if we need a glue, we can go and buy a glue. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just thought we would have all the time and we'd have all the space, you know, as far as we can afford the petrol in Cornwall. Mm-hmm. And it could just be so much bigger and so much more unlimited, I think. Yeah. Oh, I can I can so resonate. And I mean, having been a head teacher myself, you know, that that was my school as well, which which kind of makes you feel sad. And I think I think actually we're not talking about this isn't this isn't school's fault. This isn't teacher's fault. This is actually a system that's been set by government led by inspections. And those are all the things that make schools have to have this rigid structure I mean sticking objectives into books is such a ridiculous waste of time teachers time to either photocopy all those objectives and hand them out to the children and then they stick them in um I love the bit where you said about you know talking about shadows or families or you know and actually it's it that's so true in 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 life at home there's so much conversation so much rich conversation that you know that your children, without without having to then go, oh, we've just talked about um, shadows. Right now, you need to draw a picture of a shadow and label and show the sun and label how it's doing. And that will confirm that I know you know about shadows. It's just, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, um, And I think, you know, there's, there's lots of things. It comes down to a lack of sort of um, adults' trust in children and, and what they're capable of. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, I can talk for myself as a, as a head teacher. It wasn't until I came out of the system and reflected back and spent time learning with my own children that I was like, oh my gosh, this, this system could be so different. And, you know, it's, I, I'm not against schools. I think, I think, you know, and I think they're incredible places. The community that can come from being part of a school is amazing. Um, but actually, um, until until government are able to sort of, um, it's not that they don't recognise it because there's a you know there's so many professionals, so many people out there campaigning against the system and and providing you know valuable research. Research. I mean, just talking about um, behaviour, you know, do you think that those children? where the behavior was poor do you think it was do you, do you think it was because those children were bored in the lessons were they um you know they were, were they not motivated i mean the learning learning like you said was stale um it doesn't reflect real life learning and so does that make it irrelevant and boring for children or were those children do you think had additional needs that maybe weren't identified and weren't well supported because it, like you say a teacher with 30 children in the class some who are probably more able gifted in particular subjects and then other children who just generally need help maybe lack confidence and then you've got behavior children just catering for all those needs sometimes without a teaching assistant is kind of impossible what what do you think um 
was the my my take on it was it was down this is just my take on it it was more down to the children's background and I felt like the behavior was poor because it was important to the children to this is really this is really really tricky really really (laughs) tricky question I felt like the children whose behavior was poor in the class were the children who had more of an attachment to their peers Mm-hmm. and they did have an attachment to perhaps their families at home and I felt like for them they came into school to um you know impress their peers mm. they were and because of that they were pushing against the teacher mm. they were pushing against any kind of any kind of adult mm. whereas children who perhaps still had a really good attachment to adults at home had more respect for the adults in the school mm. and also had the um, own sense of self-worth and self-esteem to not have to play up. Mm. It's interesting, Just, isn't it? To control their own behaviours. That was my, that was kind of the way yeah, I no. feel it. I think it's really interesting because like, uh, is it Dr. Gable, mate, he talks about... Um, about children up until the age of eight actually all they need is there is there is a strong family um surrounding to be able to learn you know um um social um have the right social experiences and and to feel good and confident in who they are and then it's beyond the age of eight where they're looking for alternative um um adults um, but actually that that needing of peers doesn't need to happen until later on. And actually, if you think about it, it makes sense, doesn't it? That children, you know, if they come into school and they they are suddenly more reliant on their peers, those those peers of the same age have no experience, life experiences to be able to support other children. So they're all of this like um, um, sort of following that kind of doesn't doesn't help them um what what else was I going to say when you made a point then as well I think the other thing also though is um I think there are a lot of children in school who be you know totally the other way there's a lot of children in school who are well behaved and doing all of those things because there is too much control over their like how they should behave so it, it is it is it is a subject a, you know be a really great subject to kind of debate um but you know actually those children sitting in the classroom being well behaved sitting there you know perhaps a bit meek and just doing what they're told does that represent a child who um who is essentially going to uh, be a lifelong learner or is that child because they're being well behaved and, and meek and, and doing what they're told, are they going to need that as an adult to be, you know, to be told all the time what to do, to need rewards, to know that they've done something good? So it's a really debatable kind of kind of topic. But I know I, I just want to ask that because um, lots of teacher friends of mine are saying that, you know, you know, behavior is bad, but the majority of that seems to stem around children with additional needs not being supported um 
But then also alongside that is the fact that the the education system has got more and more controlling. So those children who need different um, ways of learning, so, you know, need to be visual, need to be more um, um, kinesthetic, need to do things more, can't cope with the sitting still, can't cope with the the pace of everything. I mean, you, it was interesting, you're talking about the sort of how how much time is wasted um and I was reading a really great report the other day about how with the school system like it is um because it's done at such a pace and it's done with like an outcome like we're going to do a math times table test actually we're not teaching children to take time to um explore uh discover um keeping things open-ended you know, because basically entrepreneurs, innovative people don't just come to a decision about something straight away. They will contemplate something, work something through, make a mistake, go back to it, change bits. And we're not giving children enough free time, free space to explore that. Um, so that was, yeah, that was quite interesting. Um, yeah. And it's fascinating. It is fascinating being in school from from a parent's perspective going in and being on the other side of the fence and you know I don't think teachers would disagree really with anything you said in terms of you know it is so ridiculous that the finance dictates you know what you can have in the in the classroom I mean there does need to be a budget obviously for the year you know we've got this amount but actually those essential resources I think a lot of parents don't know how under-resourced schools are um, I think at one point there was a, a list of things we needed to buy for next year and one of them was dictionaries and I was like but this is a school dictionaries don't disappear or disintegrate why are there no dictionaries there was eight dictionaries for a class of 30 mm -hmm. and it just because of finances there weren't enough dictionaries for the children and they were very rarely used um, and I have spoken to a lot of teachers talking about my our own experiences thinking that I would be judged and they would you know they'd be really disparaging about my choice thinking you think you yeah. can do my job better than me yeah but no one has said that and everyone has said mm. you're making a great choice you're going to have a great time mm. and the, the, the support from actual teachers and to kind of um reinforce my choice has been amazing yeah it's funny though because everyone said to me oh you're you know likewise you're going to have an amazing oh and then you'll be all right because you're a head teacher so you'll know exactly what you're doing but actually I have I've my whole method of how how we learn and things at home is totally different and uses a totally different set of skills than I used in the classroom I mean actually my skills um, as a head teacher and in the classroom were number one about behavior management you've got 30 children you've got to keep them all occupied during this next hour so that was you know number one that's that's where that's that's how teachers get educated in terms of teach training you know how are you going to cater for 30 children um so I think I think there's so many things that I I definitely learned but I think the key thing and why teachers probably are supportive are more supportive now I mean I, I, when people I think in my 21 years in education, I only have one family that left to um, to home educate. And I remember thinking a bit the same as you. Oh, you know, 
um, hippies and all of that. And oh my gosh, I, I should eat my words because, you know, that is not the case. People are choosing left, right and centre, all sorts of people from all sorts of background, um, single single parents, um, you know, parents are choosing to do it for a whole variety of reasons. And, you know, and they're not all people that have lots of money and that can afford to do it. People are like you say, you, you know, had to rethink how you can bring in an, another income to make ends meet. So it's not it's not like that. I guess the other thing um, that you may have may have seen in school is kind of um, that sort of lack of of being able to see children's kind of interests flourish. What was your did was that something that kind of struck you or? Yeah, hugely. I kind of found that I hardly knew anything about any of the children in the in that class after a year. I didn't know what interested them. I didn't know what really sparked them. Um, I didn't know what they were doing outside of school. Mm -hmm. And that I found that really, really hard. And thinking about my own child becoming you know, another faceless sausage coming out the sausage factory that yeah. isn't an individual by the end of it. Um, and, you know, I, I, you know, I looked at the curriculum and I just found it so arbitrary. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but what, why learn about Mayans who before that time I'd never even heard of Mayans yeah. why learn about, at the age of 36? Why learn about Mayans in year five? And how's that going to really help their futures? Mm. Why learn about you know this in whatever year and how's that going to help their futures why not why not you know the children could not ask questions because if 30 children had a question about something they were learning you would never finish the lesson no so you couldn't take it further you couldn't take it in a different direction and I looked at some some particular children neurodiverse children who had who really really did not like school but if you gave them something they were interested in, mm. then they would just talk with the most, you know, with excitement and produce beautiful work. And and that's how children remember stuff as well, is if they really love it. Yeah. Yeah. I just I knew that my 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 child had so many of her own interests, so many things she wanted to do, but I did not have the time to support her in that. I didn't want to be the mum that gave her extra work to do when she mm. got home from the school. That's not what I wanted for her. Mm. Um, and, you know, living in Cornwall, there's so much culture, so much history that is really relevant to her heritage and the things that she sees around her. Mm. I was like, well, why aren't we learning about that instead? Yeah. Um, and there, there were children at school who... It was so not just different interests but different personalities different ways of learning mm. and like this system is not designed for for people for, no. for, for everybody it's designed for you know an average few across the middle kind of thing mm. um and seeing children who had autism who had these real interests for example in engineering mm. I'm like, he's never gonna do real engineering in yeah. primary school I think um, that, I think that's the thing that struck me most is that you know school is about getting children across a broad curriculum to all reach a level 
but actually life isn't like that you know like you talk about being a journalist so, so obviously literacy and and that side would be some, a strength of yours but you know that child that's interested in engineering obviously maths and science is going to be more and actually we're naturally we're naturally like that really there's not many people who are across the board incredible at everything and passionate about everything um, and I think that's why that's why I wanted to ask that because the the thing that struck me when I started home educating was just that how personal my my children's journeys are you know around their interests. I mean, anything that you look at is kind of cross curricular, isn't it? You know, any kind of learning you're out, you're um, I don't know. You're talking about shadows. You know, you're talking about the sun. You're talking about science you're using vocabulary you're talking about maths because of times of day it's all so cross-curricular um and I think the fact that schools sort of separate all their subjects well they have to it's not their fault they probably don't want to but um it's you know it's a way of, of ticking boxes and like you say like learning about um you know periods of time or things like that you know, that's all very well if children are interested. I used to ask the children at the beginning of a topic, like, what do you want to know? The mm -hmm. things they wanted to know were, how did they go to the toilet? Yes. What, you know, it was all that like gruesome, lovely stuff, not like, not the sort of, why did that war happen? What, what, you know, that wasn't where they were at. And, and I just think, you know, but actually if I just, um enabled the learning to just be about what the children wanted to know I wouldn't have covered what was in the national curriculum so you know I think um I think the personalized learning learning journey doesn't mean that they're not going to get access to all areas of the curriculum but it does mean that they are going to be motivated to learn because they are interested um in 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 what they're they're learning and I think the role of um the role of the adult then becomes the facilitator you know your child's interested in such and such then you make it your business to kind of expand that by you know offering to take them to to this museum or offering to um you know get these books out or offering to go and talk to somebody in the community that you know already does that job um you know it's 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 it is really really hard I think the thing that does sadden me with schools is that the one area of schooling that is better than all the rest is the early years curriculum the early years where everything is is child-led and everything is you know across age phases um you yeah, know how, I agree. how unnatural is it in their life that they have to continue learning for 12 plus years in their own year group you know um yeah, you, you can you can only get a promotion when you hit 45 yeah <laughs> sort of yeah. Thing. Ridiculous. Um, I, would, I would i would totally agree her ex, um my daughter's experience in reception she did one year of school um was was absolutely brilliant they were outdoors it was completely child-led Mm -hmm. There was no mass curriculum. It all depended on what they were doing, whether they were setting up a shop or, you know, or something like that. Um, and I really wish it would continue like that beyond 
the reception class. you know just just that opportunity I can I can see them now out in the sand you know with all the with the water and you know the the, the inquisitive their inquisitive nature and they're thinking about the water drops and how you know they start to pour it into the little kind of funnels and see how fast the ball goes and there's no time pressures on them there's no outcome pressures it's pure curiosity um and child-led um interest and you know that does work and that could happen throughout the whole education system but it would mean taking away the the outcomes of Ofsted and enabling each child to be tracked individually on their personal learning journey you know um I I felt like um learning it was all about learning as quickly as possible so for example with phonics with learning to read they're like this is a great program phonics program because they learn to read quicker yes than they did in the with the last one I'm like yes but she comes home and refuses to read because she's yeah. already read that book three times at school and you want her to read it three more times at home yeah and she, my, my daughter does not like reading and so that's something that we've got to work on is is mm. you know she loves stories she absolutely loves stories but to her reading is still a chore yeah it's a, it's a chore my same with my son he read you know really well did well on his phonics test in school and then came out of school and decided he wasn't going to read anymore because he wasn't going to be dictated to about reading and it took uh three years before he he then picked up you know he, he again we listened to audios I read to them all the time but he it took three years for him to then go actually I'm, I'm going to read a book to myself for myself and actually I like these kind of books I don't like storybooks but I really love factual books and I'm you know I'm going to just focus and actually you know even that in itself I'm the same I love cookery books I love books about things but I don't actually love getting a book you know a storybook going on holiday with a with you know a book and reading a story it just it doesn't but I can I can take um you know any kind of uh non-fiction book with me and I love it so you know but that hasn't that hasn't impacted me as an adult it's just about knowing what you like and then when you know what you like and what you're interested in that kind of that that spreads but um let's go on to just talking about so so obviously your experience in school led you to to your pathway of home educating what when you when you and your partner you know made that decision what um what 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 were the obstacles that you you had to work through do you think um the op- like the obstacles in terms of um between me and my husband i was like fully on board with it and rather scared but fully on board with the idea sure. of home education the obstacles were um was really socialization how yeah. is she going to you know so how is she going to maintain you know a, a social life yeah and the other one was how is she going to um come into contact with those people who we wouldn't ordinarily choose to spend time with yeah in the workplace there will be difficult people there will be people with different personalities and you have to learn to manage that and he was yeah. like well, how are we going to get her into that kind of position so we you know we banded around some ideas about that and you know we've got a long time to give yes, her voluntary you, roles, you know voluntary roles work experience mm-hmm. sports clubs um you know she's in it, a football club so even it, even yeah. just home ed groups you know that you yeah. know there's all yeah. walks of life and yeah 
Yeah, um, and then we originally asked to go to do flexi schooling, and we tried really, really hard to get a flex to get a flexi schooling arrangement. We put in hours of time producing a, a proposal and chatting to the head, and it just went nowhere. So we mm. were left to go. Are we going to jump off this home edu- education cliff, or are we going to go with the safe option? <laughs> um, and then. For us, I think the obstacle with the finances was sorted by just really, really chance and luck that we had just knocked through our kitchen into the garage. So that's ticked yeah. off <laughs> just about being able to pay the bills with everything going through the roof. Um, there is also the obstacle of having a small child, <laughs> is yeah, like a, a smaller child, a, a very nearly three year old. And that's the current obstacle that I'm trying to work through and go, well, how can I keep him busy? How can I make sure that he doesn't get forgotten in all of this? As mm-hmm. him, I don't want him to be the extra child who's just there. I want this needs to be a homeschool for two children, not a homeschool for one child and another one who's just getting in the way. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> at the moment, it's yeah. it, I'm kind of um, having to work around that and and be flexible and uh, flexible about when I do the small pockets of more formal stuff with my mm-hmm. daughter where we do the more you know those those more formal one-to-one um kind of learning sessions and but we're building on it and I'm learning and but the good thing is I sit here and I go it's okay we have time because I know that if she yeah. were in school, if, if if she were in school if we do half of what I plan to do we will still be doing more than what they're doing in school mm. and we we have time because she doesn't have to be at this level by this age because she's not going to be letting anybody down she's no. not going to be missing any marks or anything like that and we've got time to catch up with these things and it's um that's the that's the hardest thing is having a, a smaller child if, yeah. if it were the other way around and I was teaching you know my son were five and my daughter were three mm. um it would be fine because she would happily sit and color or write or draw or create things for hours on end with no intervention but my yeah. son is not like that yeah so yeah yeah I think I think you're right um you know so many parents talk about that mixed age group and I've got it with my my children as well 11 and and nine and um and now getting to the point where with groups where we used to go to all the same groups and now my 11 year old does not want to be part of certain groups because his interests are x y and z and actually they no longer that those groups no longer meet his needs um and it, it, i think that is the thing about home educating that it is a constant journey it's an ebb and a flow it's a it's a it's never um it's never just oh here we are this is our routine this is what we just do all the time it changes and actually it's a beautiful thing because you know uh in life you know we change all the time don't we our interests our you know you go from being um a single person to potentially being married to then having children and you're you have to adjust and 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 it's the same with children and their their development um but it is hard it's you know I think since the pandemic people have actually realized that home educating is not easy it is a constant flow a constant trying to keep everyone um you know keep everyone happy but also um make sure that you know and that and that includes yourself and I think 
I, I was going to ask you, but like, I know myself, I forgot about myself when I started and I was just like, everything was about the children. And then after a year, I kind of burnt out and crashed out. It was not pretty. Um, and for, you know, realized that that was because I didn't have, we, we didn't have external help and actually I wasn't making time for myself. So now, you know, we put those things in place and things are a lot better, but it is a, it's a sort of self-discovery journey and a, a kind of whole family journey. Um, so, yeah. um, uh, yeah, I, um, what, what, so, um, you sound, you sound like you kind of went into it with, with a good understanding of it. it's great it's also great that your your partner came on board and I you know that, that I talked to so many parents um and my own husband would would also agree that you know he was not he was not on board he thought it was just going to be a year thought that they would go back into school he didn't want them to be different to any other children and it's like we're now six years on and he can see that actually our children are no different to any other children they're happy to you know be in the park and suddenly start chatting and making friends with people is um, so it, it, it's again that can be a real obstacle for parents um, and there's always you know those highs and lows of where um, you know I think one partner might come in and go well they don't look like they're doing anything they haven't been doing anything all day and the other partners kind of got to do that well no actually look look you know they might just they might not be um sort of you know because we are as a generation are so used to that kind of we went to school we sat down we learned then we went home and we played for a bit and and so parents of our kind of generation can cope with children when it looks like they're just having a little play but then what they're doing the rest of the time and that without really seeing how much learning is going on through their play as well um so yeah that's another thing so um what what advice have you got any advice so far on your journey that you would give to other parents thinking about home educating or feeling like currently what they're doing is 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 not right for either them or, or the children I I think it'll probably be to go with your gut instinct mm. I think so many times in life you know I certainly and I know a lot lots of other people would ignore their gut instinct because they feel like it's not what other people ex expect them to do or yeah. other people think they should do um it takes a lot of guts and a lot of courage to home educate because mm. you know of potentially if you're pulling someone out of school if you're leaving your job in the school like yeah. like, like we've done yeah like what will people think what will people think what will our family think mm. um and just go with your gut instinct really and the other thing would be to prepare to be very flexible in your day and yes yeah because yeah. I think it's really important to have a routine and a rhythm mm. But if you stick to that rigidly to your routine and rhythm, mm. then you are at risk of just doing school at home, which means you must start this lesson here and finish this lesson here. And mm. if 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 something needs to take longer than it should, and if something needs to finish sooner and move on, then it then you should be able to do that. So yeah, and like you said, you you said sorry to interrupt. You said earlier on about um you know that um where children haven't got things in lessons and then the lessons have moved on, you're on to something else and they, they, they miss out on, on um, sort of really grasping things, which actually is why this system fails a third of our children 
because it moves so fast it doesn't allow for you know like you're saying you could be sat with your child working on some fractions or doing whatever you know you sound like you're still doing um you know the, the national some of the national curriculum stuff so if you're doing fractions for example and maybe your child's really not getting it and you're thinking mm, you're either thinking actually it's not working today I'm going to leave this and we're going to start again tomorrow or you think oh actually I know I've got a flipping pizza for lunch I'm gonna let, let's actually just we'll cook the pizza we'll leave this now but we'll I'll come back to it at lunchtime we'll get the pizza and we'll actually cut it in half and she can see the two halves and exactly you yeah. know and that's what makes it so rich and real um yeah so, at, at the moment I am using um a, the national curriculum as a guide yeah and it's kind of like I don't want to forget to do something and it kind of it, it, it's a bit of a prompt to go okay yes we could be learning this now and I'll kind of take it and I'll do it at whatever pace is best for her and I'll do mm -hmm. it in whatever way is best for her and I'll let it take as long as it needs to mm -hmm. I was seeing children in year six at school who could not tell the time mm -hmm. because the everything had moved on and no one had said you can't quite tell the time yet yeah. let me take you out mm -hmm. and have give you some a bit longer on that um so for me the national curriculum is still there as a safety net because we're brand new and I feel yeah. like I it's still scary to think if this doesn't work and she doesn't learn anything and I, mm. I am confident that she's going to learn because I look at the national curriculum and think, yeah <laughs> she will be fine we can cover that that's not a problem but yeah. it's there kind of like oh I must remember to teach her that and but it's working really well because um she's really into maths yeah and um and there's no you've got to you yeah. you know I think I think there's there's no judgment on what people how people home educate I don't think you'll ever see two homeschool families doing it exactly the same way and you know I think particularly when you're at the beginning of your journey you are going to explore things you know I I I, I schooled at home for six months it didn't work at all I tried other things I un totally unschooled for kind of a year and then we introduced um some just you know a few core skills so we do a tiny bit of maths and a tiny bit of writing each day um you know not more than 20 minutes each and and everything else is child-led and and you 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 got you got to get your own confidence but also as you do it you start to question like I would question um you know uh prime numbers I said to my husband prime numbers you, you you ever use prime prime numbers in your <laughs> life and he's like no and I was like do you know what it is you know my husband's got a great job but um no doesn't know what prime numbers are has it impacted him and so it sometimes it's like oh you know you, you can have the national curriculum as a structure but actually you know you're for you'll you will inevitably end up focusing on the real life learning the things that you know the collaborating yeah. the all of that lovely stuff that you want your your you've talked about wanting your child to do so um um I think I think that has kind of answered um well we've asked most of our questions because you've talked about how, how your you know how, how homeschool is going have you have you managed to find any any community yet um uh, we have we've done one thing with other other homeschool people we went to a pizza express workshop and oh, met some cool. really lovely families wow. um and i've kind of kind of like keeping an eye on the facebook groups mm. i don't want to put put my daughter into something 
and then pull her out again so right. I'm just kind of assessing what's out there before I we jump into something but yeah. I know the community is going to be really important to us and there are other home educators where we live so yeah and I know where where you live and I know there, there is a great you, you're very close to some some bigger communities whereas us down here right in the, the, the very tip of Cornwall it's it's harder but I I I also uh, you know know that with um groups so we started going to groups quite quite early on and some of those we've got great friendships and we're still really great friends with some groups don't work out for various reasons like your children's interests and and again that is something that doesn't have to remain the same and you know but but I I think um you know as I've talked about earlier on like what what's helpful for new home educators is you as a parent you have to work really really hard to give your child opportunities to make friends because actually groups change your children's friendships change and you haven't you know like unlike in school where you've got 30 children plus the class above and the class below and there's a bit more choice although you know debatably that can also be quite tricky but I think um, particularly as children go into their kind of teens so I've got lots and lots of friends who've got children who like had one or two really close friends and then one goes off world schooling the other one is you know either moved up country or is having you know their own little issues and doesn't want to be quite social at the moment and then they're left on their own so it is something that you really have to work hard at and I found that going to more things together and exploring those and, and making those connections um has been quite exhausting but has also um something I can see is really important um to help my children I mean my children have got friends from still from being in school and they've got lots of cousins and things but I you know from the community I'm with that that can be um quite difficult and I think from an adult's perspective as well it's really important to make sure that you've got some community community because you know it is hard being with your children all the time and you do go through periods where you think this is working really well and then you go through periods and you think oh what am I doing you know maybe feel a bit more vulnerable and just meeting with those people who've maybe experienced a bit more or on the same journey is is kind of has been really helpful for me anyway so um yeah. <coughs> I think on that, on that point homeschooling has actually played into our hands a bit more because mm-hmm. as a family we really valued our family time yeah and I found that I was holding my daughter back from doing some of the clubs and social groups that she wanted to do because I wanted to be with her we want, as a family. Sorry, I've got a cough coming. It's okay. And I found that at weekends, we were saying no to a lot of social things as a family mm-hmm. because we wanted to have family time. Yeah. Um, so now what I found is we have more family time the whole week is family time. I know yes. my husband is working, but yeah, yeah. If, if my daughter wants to go to football club and a performing arts club, yeah, but she already does. She already does swimming, surf club, and what else is she doing? Just that. But um, I was like, well, that's fine because you've been with us all day, so go and do whatever clubs you want to do. Mm. And at weekends, because we are prioritizing her spending time with other children 
we're meeting up with families more and because we're meeting up with families more at weekends where we used to just keep ourselves to ourselves as a family of four we're getting to see our friends more because our friends have got small children and Mm -hmm. that's you know our friends are the the parents of our children's friends so yeah um, actually that is working better for us and I feel like we are more socialized and I don't feel guilty anymore about taking time to do something for myself because I've spent all week with my children yeah whereas at weekends or in the evening I wouldn't want to miss tea time or bedtime no this is precious yeah it's too precious Mm -hmm. and I'd feel guilty if I went you know spent a couple of hours going to do some exercise or something on a weekend Mm -hmm. but now I'm like no yeah I've had a great week with my kids I feel really connected to my kids yes I'm gonna do this for me and I'm really and I'm free to do that I'm not bound by this guilt that we've only got two days together before they go back to school yeah yeah absolutely I can totally resonate with that and uh yeah and we do we do we do like a little weekly um calendar or we do a little weekly um so on a Sunday we all sit down and go what do we want from the next week and we make sure that each one of us has got some doing something that we really want to do and that we're we've got time like I've got time with each of my children special time to help them but they've also got special time with my my husband my husband's doing something he really wants to do and I think you know that's really important that your children see that you value yourself and the things that you're interested in and actually by you showing that you've got passions and you're doing things that you love helps for them to see oh you know it's good for me you know I can do those things you're, you're kind of leading that you're modeling that I think it's really really healthy so um well done for getting your you sound you sound like you're well well on with the journey um so yeah I'm, I'm loving it it's brilliant it's brilliant yeah. but what I don't want is for everyone to go oh you're loving it but what about the children yeah well you know and that 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 is another you know another key thing I've I you know I know some children who you know get so far along the journey that's why I was talking about friends because actually one of the things seems to be for home educating children is that kind of feeling of not having enough friends and they go to school because they want that from school um they often end up coming back out to home educate because they realize that actually school itself is not social you get very very short playtime by the time you've had your lunch it's another very short playtime um, and it doesn't actually enable you the time that you think you would have to be with your friends. But, you know, that that it is it is important. I mean, we we just um, we let our son not let our son. We asked our son if he wanted to go and look at secondary schools to make sure that it wasn't just driven by our own kind of um, needs and wants. Um, and he actually did. He did go around and he looked, but he was he was in total shock. He loved like the the DNT, but he was in total shock that you couldn't choose to do that and do it like all day or all afternoon. That you only got like one lesson every every week for six weeks, and then you don't get it again until the following year. So it was that immediately kind of put him off. But um, yeah, it's really good to listen to your children and find out what they want. And um, but I, it sounds like your your children are going to love love home educating. So. Um, I'm really pleased for you and I'm I'm really really grateful um that you've shared your your journey your perspective on kind of the other side because I think that is you know what parents don't don't realize um 
And I think there's a lot of parents out there that are, you know, are questioning the system. You know, actually, just look at the, looking at the stats, I think when I started home educating, there were 65,000 home educating. Um, two years ago, there were 85,000. There's now likely, there's de you know, definitely more than 100,000, but more likely to be up to 180,000. That is huge. So the community is growing. People are thinking, I could maybe do something different. It could maybe look like this and wanting different things um, and trying to make that happen. So, you know, thank you for sharing your story. Uh, really, really grateful. And um, and I hope, you know, being Cornish too, I hope we get to meet up in, in person at some stage. That would be really nice. Yeah, that would be lovely. I do hope our paths cross. Yeah, yeah. So thank you so much for your time today. And um, and hopefully be nice really to kind of, touch base maybe in a year's time when you've done a year and just see how things have changed and how your journey went yeah that would be wonderful thank you so much for having me oh you're welcome you take care and um stay in touch thank you okay bye 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 if you've got any stories that you would like to share or anything that you would like us to cover drop us a line at hello at collageapp.co.uk and until next time, keep calm and enjoy the journey.